again Friend of a friend I knew you were I come and go Was waiting for the world to end Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Back, pause it. Pause it. Playoffs, MLB playoffs are tonight. First time that I'm, like, actually watching them. You know, live. Yeah, like, I know. I'm in, like, my mid-20s. I'm like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched an MLB playoff game. Do you want to know why? Because they're irrelevant. Oh, oh, you don't believe me? Oh, oh, baseball's not relevant? Oh, you don't believe me? I'm watching a playoff game, an MLB, a Major League Baseball playoff game at 9.30 at night. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop until midnight. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absurd. I don't care that it's on the West Coast. I don't care that it's like four hours of a time zone. I don't care. How do you expect me to watch? And then it's like it's on FS1, you know? Like ESPN doesn't have it. Fox is like, and we're, we're, we're not going to put it on Fox. What are they putting on? I, I, because I'm watching Fox, right? I, I don't watch like a lot of television outside of like sports stuff. I keep, like, I'm like, I keep getting masked singer ads. I have never in my entire, they're putting on Monarch. What is Monarch? I don't know what Monarch is. What the fuck is Monarch? What is Monarch? Hold on, let me look this up. Is it about a singer? What is this TV show that Fox... Reigning king of country music, I'll be... Nobody watches it. It has a 33... I, I couldn't even stop... Re- I, I, I was like, I stopped reading it when I looked at the, 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 uh, the Rotten Tomatoes. And it was just like, it, got, it has 33% for critics, 17% audience. It's like nobody's watching this TV show. What? Who is in this cast? I think they have one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. Susan um Susan Ceridone. I don't I don't know how to say her last name. She's in this she's in this fucking disaster of a TV show. Oh god. Fox is like, you know what? We gotta put on a TV show called Monarch, an hour-long fucking disaster. Fox Fox anything is just so whack. Like they're like, we're gonna put on Monarch and then we're going to have a butcher. I'm gonna I'm being advertise a butcher right now my local one of my local butchers i'm like jeez fucking christ ah god sorry i'm so triggered right now because i have to stay up late to watch a baseball game and i'm not gonna stay up late to watch a baseball game i have shit to do i have shit to do 
Football doesn't go on until midnight. It goes on until 11, but it doesn't go on until midnight. Jesus Christ, unpause my music. Oh, God. But I delayed it a little bit, wanted to watch some baseball. But we do have a lot to talk about. Wrapping up the weekend of football, Dallas won big. A lot of NFC East teams won big. Dallas Giants, Eagles. A little bit of some overreactions. We'll talk about it. Also, in the last two days since you saw me, Matt Rule has been fired. And Ron Rivera looks pretty damn close to getting fired. We'll talk about it. I don't even want to talk about college football. College football is so stupid and boring. I hate it so much. But can't wait to get into football, ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24th Podcast. Another, another, another great song. I mean, it's technically the same song that we played, I think, last week. Black Sheep off the soundtrack. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. God, man. You know what's so annoying sometimes about the internet and search algorithms and stuff like that? It'll track, it tracks, obviously, things that you like, right? So I'm on YouTube. I use YouTube a lot because I'm a millennial. And it, like... It tracks, it tracked that song, Black Sheep, that I listened to. It played it in a mix. It put it in a mix. And now it just keeps on spamming that mix to me in my recommendations. Just like, here you go. Here's the mix that you that you want. Here's here's the song. Here's the song. Here's the, it's so annoying. It's, I've been getting that song for a week now in my recommendations, in my feed. It is so annoying. I'm so annoyed. Why do you keep advertising the exact same mix to me. Oh my god. So annoying. <sighs> so. Before we get on to kind of like recapping and finalizing the, uh, the games that happened this weekend. I want to talk about two head coaches. One of them still has a job. One of them does not. If you told me about a month and a half ago, when the season was about to start, that the Washington Commanders would, in their first five weeks, win one game, you didn't tell me which, because I wouldn't have gotten Tennessee, I would have thought Tennessee would have beaten them, but Tennessee this year is horrible. If you told me, 24, Washington is going to go one and four, I would have been like, yeah, that's... That makes sense. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. But then if you asked me 
do you think Ron Rivera would have been fired or would be fired at the end of the season? I would say no. I would have said no to you. And the reason why I would have said no to you until yesterday's absolute fucking disaster of a press conference from Ron Rivera. But the reason why I would have said no is quite simply put, Washington is a disaster. They're a disaster. Their front office is being investigated by the federal government or the federal government specifically in Washington, D.C. is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on within that organization. They don't believe the NFL at all, as they should, because the NFL is lying to them. But they don't have the evidence to prove that the NFL is lying to them. But everybody with half a brain knows that the NFL is lying to the government. It's lying to the public about about the... um, the culture within that facility. The culture being, uh, essentially, it is a bunch of people that have sexually harassed a bunch of women to the point where recruiters in the Northeast will not send women to that facility because they know the culture is extraordinarily toxic. For women, there have been numerous stories one of which is horrifying where the cheerleaders of the Washington Commanders had their passports taken away from them while they were in I, I think maybe the like the Dominican Republic or the Republic of Dominica or whatever I'm like I learned how to say the country in Spanish so I don't I don't know how to say it in English so it could be uh, it's the Dominican Republic there we go sorry Again, I learned how to say it in Spanish, and in Spanish, the uh, the noun goes before the adjective. But they got their passports taken, and apparently they were recruited to escorts to escort big boosters in that country, and they were taken to a club. The local police in the country thought that the cheerleaders were prostitutes, which. Apparently, the cheerleaders that went with the boosters to the clubs were the most loyal cheerleaders to the cheerleading coach on the team. So we probably won't ever know if they ever exchanged a service for a service. We probably will never know. I'm implying it, but I'm not deliberately saying it because I don't know. But we'll never know because the cheerleaders were down with uh, the with the um the cheerleaders that were there that night were the most loyal cheerleaders on the team to the organization and da 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 the cheerleaders also i think allegedly on that trip not allegedly we know that it's like on that trip or on another trip to another country when they were doing a photo shoot had the outtakes right so this is when the cheerleaders are going from um one outfit to another and it's kind of why like a bunch of guys aren't necessarily invited to photo shoots with women because women have to get changed and change their clothes from one outfit to another and they have to get naked. So they'll go from one outfit to another and they'll be naked. So literally the creepiest shit I've ever heard of in my entire life, literally somebody waiting in some bushes was like recording the outtakes. This is the cheerleaders taking off their clothes fully nude, fully naked, putting on new clothes. He recorded that, right? 
because it, they were doing a photo shoot for the Washington Commanders uh, a cheerleader calendar at like some beach or whatever on some country in the Caribbean. And so that tape gets edited down to only you can see the cheerleaders in the nude, right? Naked. And passed around to all of the higher executives in the Washington Commander's front office. Let alone the whole, well, we have a racist team name and we're going to pay off Native Americans to say that it's okay, but young Native Americans don't think that it's okay. South Park kind of did an episode about the the ridiculousness, excuse me, of the team name. On top of now, I mean, I don't know how Dan Snyder hasn't been voted out because he has created a horrendous work environment. He's kind of just a gigantic piece of shit. And then on top of that, I thought the NFL was going to scalp him for what he did. He stole money from the NFL. It's like, and then Congress was like, NFL, why are you defending this guy? Sell him out. He stole money. They like fraudulently reported on the sales of their tickets to pocket the money, the revenue that they would have gained by not accurately reporting on the tickets. They looked at their books. They said, your books are incorrect. You got two books. It's like, how's he still an owner? So if you'd asked me two months, excuse me, not two months ago, but just a month and a half ago, around the time that the NFL season was starting, you'd said to me, 24, do you think he would have had his job at the end of the season? I would have said yes, because it's like Washington needs a fall guy. They need the buttoned up, hey, I'm a nice guy. I'm a good person, da-da-da-da-da. They need a shield. They need, I don't know what the term is of essentially in public, you do good things. You put on that show. That masquerade, but really, when you're out from the public view, when you're you know when you're by yourself or when you're with limited amount of people who really won't tell your dirty deeds, you get into all types of horrendous behavior. I don't know what that's called, where you hide your true personality behind doing quote unquote good deeds. I don't know what that is called, and your true personality is bad. I don't know what that's called, but that's exactly what Washington is doing. They're just like, Ron Rivera, go out there, be our fall guy, be our good guy, be be the good part. If this was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, this would be like Dr. Jekyll. Ron Rivera's out there being like, I'm a doctor, I'll fix, I'll, I'll fix you up. And then it's just like Mr. Hyde comes in and, and, and that's Dan Snyder, and he's just like murdering people. So I say all that to say that Ron Rivera's job was secure. They're not focused on football right now. They are focused on not getting Dan Snyder out of the league because he owns the team. And he's also like worried about like keeping his investors happy and things of that nature because if they're making money, they don't really care. I'm reading this book called The Prince by... Niccolo Machiavelli. He's this political philosopher, essentially during the Italian Renaissance and Florence. And he essentially wrote this book 
on, if you're a prince, what you should do politically to protect yourself. And he has this philosophy, this kind of amorality where he says, look, if you're in this position of power, this high-ranking position of power, excuse me, do whatever you need, do whatever you need to do. Do what is necessary, as Kratos says in God of War Ragnarok. Do what is necessary to keep your power. Do what is necessary. And that sounds great. Like, yes, like we're going to do what is. Ne but in reality, when you're not dealing with the same morality that everybody else is dealing with, doing what is necessary for you isn't necessarily what is good for everybody else. So Dan Snyder is kind of waiting in the weeds. He's kind of like, oh, like maybe I have an opportunity here to potentially get some positive juju, some positive mojo by potentially firing Ron Rivera because everybody hates him and the stupid comment that he made yesterday. And everybody has forgotten all of the horrendous acts that I've done in the last 20 plus years being the owner. Of the Washington Commanders. But what were the comments that Ron Rivera made yesterday that are so damning, that are so damaging? Let's listen in. Hey Ron, following up on John's question about the, the Giants, you know, there. Sorry, it's it's gonna be a little bit quiet. The faster start, the Eagles, the Cowboys. You know, they've kind of all been rebuilding, too, the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at, at this point? Quarterback. So, I'll back it up a little bit, and then I'll play it. So, essentially, if you couldn't, let me try and bump it up a little bit for you. Let me try and help you out. Boom, I maxed it out. So, if you're wondering, what was the question that the journalist just asked Ron Rivera? The question was essentially... All of the teams in the NFCs are four and one or better. Dallas and the Giants are four and one. The Eagles are five and zero. Oh. Dallas has had three years, essentially trying to rebuild the team. Giants have had one year. Eagles have had two years. Dallas looks to be going into the playoffs with the Eagles for the second year in a row. Giants, according to most people, look to be. In that territory, we'll talk about the Giants here in a couple of minutes. But the overall theme of that question was, why, once again, are the Washington Commanders, after the playoff year that they had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, why are they, once again, bottom of the division, bottom of the league? There is this interesting tweet that came out yesterday that I made sure to save. Washington... Right now, I kid you not, is the worst team in the NFC. At one and four, they're tied for it for like the worst team in the NFC with Carolina and Detroit. The other two teams that are one and four. But because of their schedule, because of Washington's schedule, they are definitively one and four. Or excuse me, not, not that they are one and four. They are the worst team in the NFL. Thought that that was a bit interesting. So, Ron Rivera gets asked, why are you 
Why do you still suck after going to the playoffs your first year at head coach? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Farther ahead at this point. Quarterback. I mean, with quarterback, like the Cowboys, for instance, they're, they don't have Dak Prescott this season and still have been able to well, they win. Started with, well, they, they started, started with, with him, Dak, but they've... And they build around Dak, and the offense is built around Dak. Um, their backup's a, a guy that is very solid inside of it, inside of what they do. Um, and the truth is that, that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success... I know it's quiet. I apologize. I'll kind of summarize it when he's done talking been able to build it around a specific quarterback chose the quarterback hold on hold on before he goes into that so essentially ron rivera's response for his failings as a head coach and it is failings what like when i when he was hired by the commanders i was like terrible hire it, like he's overrated He's overrated. He's well-liked by the media, by the press, by fans. He's overrated. He's not a very good head coach. Oh, you don't believe me? Let me show you. Let me show you. First and foremost, during the dysfunction of the Saints in around the mid-2000s, early 2010s to like mid-2010s, it wasn't ironically enough until like 2016 after the Carolina Panthers had uh had really gotten their shit together that they had finally finally had gotten uh some consistency with their football team. So he has one, two, three seasons of ten plus wins in ten years. Ten years. Excuse me. One, two, three, four, five, 12 years. 12 years. 12 years, three seasons where he's had 10 wins or more. The 2013 season, where did they qualify for the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think they qualified for the playoffs with 12 and 4, but that's fine. It's like it's not his fault that they didn't qualify for the playoffs being 12 and 4. It's like it's you're you're 12 and 4, you're winning 75% of your games. There's no way they didn't go to the playoffs at 12 and 4. Absolutely no way. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no, they didn't. That sucks. <laughs> I'm like, you go 12 and four. You don't go to the playoffs. I'm like, damn, that sucks. 2015, the infamous 15 and one season. NFC champions. They lose in the Super Bowl. They go six and 10 the next season, by the by. And then 2017, his one of his final years in Carolina, one of his final good years in Carolina, 11 and five. And then he goes to Washington they go to the playoffs. They lose to Brady in the playoffs, which, by the way, I'm so glad that I was so low on the Washington Commanders. I said it then. I will say it now. I will continue to say, look, you can go back. This is almost three years ago. I said, look, I think Washington is overrated. I thought of Dak Prescott was healthy. 
they would have won that division if Doug Peterson didn't do that dumbass shit down the stretch. The Eagles would have won the division. I felt that it was by sheer incompetency. And oh, oh my God, the Giants were just irrelevant that year. I felt that by just sheer incompetency of the NFC East, specifically that of the Giants and the Eagles, because the Cowboys, I mean, they, they had a, a first-year head coach, and their quarterback was hurt. I'm like, they're not, they were, as soon as Dak Prescott got hurt that season, I was like, they're not going to, they're, the season's done. The record that they had, and this was one of the main reasons why I was like, stop saying that the Washington Commanders are a contender. That with Ron Rivera, he's a good, he's a good coach or whatever, and they're going to win a bunch. Of, don't say that to me. They were 7-9 and nine when they went to the playoffs. They didn't have a winning record, and they went to the playoffs. He has not won. Like, I want, to, I want you to see this clearly. For every, every guy out there that's like, Ron Rivera is a good head coach. Ron Rivera is a good head coach. Ron Rivera is a good head coach. I want you to see it clearly. He hasn't won 15 games in three years. 15. 15. He is seven. Excuse me. He has won seven, uh, 15 games in three years. He's seven, seven, and one. In the NFL, you qualify, like not qualify, excuse me. You get now because of the 17th game, you get 34 games in two seasons. All you have to do is win half of those. Half of those to get 17. He's gotten 15 in three years. And again, he has three seasons where he has won 10 games or more. And the thing about it is, you want to know the disgusting thing? His seasons aren't close. You know, it's not like, oh, he was nine and seven or eight and eight. It's a lot of six and tens, seven and nines, seven, eight and ones. It's a lot of meh. It's a lot of, wow, you were bad. It's a lot of, no wonder why you were able to get Derrick Brown one of the final years that you were there a couple of years ago. It's like, wow, you're terrible. So, Ron Rivera's terrible. He's god-awful. In my opinion, he deserves to be fired. But that's not really the question that was posed to me all all 20-something minutes ago. The question that I originally posed to myself, I know, I know, I know, a little bit narcissistic and ridiculous. But the question that I posed to myself wasn't, does he deserve to be fired? I, I think he shouldn't have been hired. The question that I posed was, do I think that he will be hired or fired now after all of the dysfunction from the front office? Regard, excuse me. Despite the, the, uh, the dysfunction of the front office, I think so. I think so. Inevitably. He's a joke. And the quote that I had played for you and tried to play for you, it's incredibly quiet, I know, I apologize. The quote that I had played for you, he started to go into this spiel and this rant of, well, you know, um, like the journalist even said it best. The journalist asked him, 
after Ron Rivera had said, well, the reason why we're not winning football games is because of the quarterback. And that's true. But I literally could have said to you, said to Ron Rivera, hey, Ron, I no, I didn't even, I, it's not that I could have said. I did say this wouldn't work with Carson Wentz. I said so last year with the Colts. I said so this year with the Commanders. I said it will not work. And Ron Rivera and Frank Wright went out and got his ass, and they're like, oh, wow, that was a waste of time. But the obnoxious thing to me about Ron Rivera now is the excuses. He said, well, Dallas built their team around Dak. And they have for the last three years, and the backup has been in their system. And it's just like, Cooper Rush is a backup quarterback. What the, like, you have had three years, three years to develop your football team. And in three years, as I check your record once again, the last three years, you have won, you went seven and nine, seven and 10. And now after five games, you are one and four. And you want to be like, oh yeah, well, well, Dallas built, well, what the fuck have you been doing for the last three years? Shouldn't you, you said it was a quarterback driven league. Shouldn't you build your football team around the quarterback because it's a quarterback-driven league and you understand that it is? It, like, it frustrates me, the cognitive dissonance. I'm like, dude, you have the right answer, but you don't write it in the test. It's like, I see all of your math. I see all of your work. Hey, congratulations, you reached the conclusion that everyone else did. So why didn't you get an offensive lineman? And you want to know the frustrating part about Washington? I said so in the offseason. I was like, look, their best offensive lineman left in free agency. Left. Sam Cosme, I liked him coming out, is not very good. They don't have a good offensive tackle or good offensive lineman on their football team. What did they do this offseason? They lost their best offensive lineman on their football team. And now they are in just the worst position that they could be in where they are the worst team in the division once again for the second year in a row. And they're just an absolute laughing stock across the league. We have for the third week in a row a absolute dreaded dreadful football game on Thursday night football. Let me let me look it up. Let me look it up. I know what it is, but I'm trying to like look up the actual schedule. Hold on. Hold on. It's it's dreadful, it's terrible, it's god awful. The schedule. Oh. Oh. Oh my god. I mean, sometimes you forget. Oh my God. Sometimes you just forget about just how terrible Thursday night football has been. After week two, which we got a good game, Chargers versus the Chiefs, it was then Steelers at Browns, Snooze Fest, Dolphins at Bengals, the the Tua game, which was horrible to watch. And then last week, we got the Colts and the Broncos. And then this week, 
Talk about an absolute shit show. Two of undebatable. It is two of the worst football teams in the NFL. The Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears on Thursday night. Take me out back, old yeller me. Take me out back, I got rabies. Take me out back, shoot me in the face. I'm out. I'm, I can't handle it. Jesus Christ. Two of the worst teams in the NFL on Thursday night football. Out back, rabies, I got them. Take me out, old yeller me. Put me out of my misery. I'm ready to go to dog heaven at this point. Oh my God. And then I got this joker talking about how he doesn't have the quarterback to win football games when he picked the quarterback to help him win football games. The journalist who pushes back on this perfectly, this, this, this is good journalism. Pushes back, every single journalist take notes, pushes back on the whole, well, Dallas did this and Dallas did that and we like for what well, if Dallas is doing it why didn't you do it why didn't you do it pushes back beautifully against Ron Rivera's horseshit continuing for and if you look at the teams that have- again I apologize at how quiet it is the- like even I have to even I have to like I I have a a Bluetooth speaker that I play all all of my audio out of. Even I have to like take my Bluetooth speaker. I have to max out OBS so that way you can potentially get get good sound. I have to like pull my Bluetooth speaker towards me and like put it in my ear so that way I can listen to the muted audio. Why are people's audio so bad? I know I don't have great audio. I know I don't have like great sound. I'm not an audio engineer, but I mean, you can hear me. I can hear myself. I can, for the most part, run most sound through OBS, through my, I can, I can play the intro song perfectly. Everything is maxed the fuck out. Everything is maxed out. We can barely hear Ron Rivera. Let me plug in my computer. Hold on. It's ridiculous. It's like, how shitty are audio engineers? I, I couldn't believe. How shitty people's audio engineers are. Fix your shit. It's like how the only reason why I sounded worse there is because I literally like went behind and around my my microphone and it's just like it won't it won't capture everything. It's ridiculous. It's like fix your shit. This is absurd. Absurd. You are paid to do this. I do this shit for free. Sorry. Ron Rivera. Is it that this is a quarterback-driven league? And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. Chose the quarterback here, though. So do you have any regrets about that, or how do you? No, I got no regrets about the quarterback. I think our quarterback has done some good things. There's been a couple of games that he struggled. Um, but you look at his numbers from yesterday, and you would say, okay, look at the numbers he's had throughout the year. There was a time he was you know, um, very solid. And then, um, un- you know, we had the unfortunate Philadelphia game and we struggled a little bit in the Dallas game. All right, I can't, I can't listen to this anymore. He's just creating excuses for himself. 
essentially what the question was that the journalist asked. I'm, I apologize if you couldn't hear it. Essentially, the question that was asked was, well, you say it's a quarterback-driven league, and you say that all of these guys, that all of these teams have, you know, Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott, who di- who hasn't even played in almost a month, and he may not even play again. We'll figure out tomorrow. It's like Dak Prescott, who hasn't even played yet. Referencing him, he hasn't even played yet. Backup quarterback whooped your ass two weeks ago. And he wants to talk to me about quarterback. Holy shit. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. What was I talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Um, What the fuck did he say? He said something about how... Oh, my God. He said something about how... The journalist had said... You picked your quarterback, why? But you picked your quarterback, why is he still having these issues? And essentially, Ron Rivera said that he doesn't regret that he picked him and he's improving and, I like, it, it's Carson Wentz, he'll, like, he's bad. And so after that, I was just like, oh, he's getting fired. I don't know when, or more specifically, I don't want to go to extremes. I think it's more likely than not that he gets fired because who does, who does he play against? I mean, he's the worst, worst team in the NFC. He could lose to the Bears on Sunday. He has a absolutely jam-packed hot rod of a wide receiving core. It's the second best in the, in the NFC East behind the Eagles. Jahan Dotson, Deami Brown, Terry McLaurin, absolute monsters of wideouts. They can't figure it out. They can't figure out their guys. They have too many wide receivers on their football team to be this fucking bad. And yet they are. And he's going to go up against the Bears on Thursday, and he's probably going to lose or win. Like, to be honest with you, the Bears and the Commanders, the game that's going to be played on Thursday, I always talk about game day picks. I'm always excited to talk about it. This is one of the worst game day picks we're going to talk about all year long. And it's specifically because it's with two of the worst teams in the NFL. Essentially competing to see who's going to be the king of the losers. So, is it going to be the Washington football team? I don't even refer to them as the Washington Commanders. Who the fuck refers to them as the Washington? Their whole rebanding is horrible. It's terrible. I saw one of their, um, one of their videos that they, that they released out. That they released today. And they wouldn't... Like, all of their... Like, almost every other word was commanders. Like, they were filming it... Or command, excuse me. It was like, we're in the command center. We're going to take command. Because it's cancer, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, or just Cancer Awareness Month, and also, apparently, it's like Mental Health Awareness Month, which I thought was in May, but okay. But, like, they said something along the lines of, like, command the cure... Or something. <laughs> it was it was like it was ridiculous. It was like, look, look, I've had relatives that have cancer, that have died from cancer, and I'm like, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. Did they say come in the cure? Oh my god. 
It's funny because they can't. They can't command themselves. They can't command themselves to win football games. I apologize, but not really. But yes, like their whole tagline is, we're, from, we're live from the command center. Come join the commanders for our command central pregame command commander show. And like they wouldn't stop saying the word command. It's weird. It's weird. So the Commanders are going up against the Bears. Ron Rivera, more likely than not, potentially going to get fired here. My gut feeling honestly says no, but this reminds me of like the Joe Judge thing that happened last year where Joe Judge was like, I have teams or former players calling me saying that they would like to be a New York Giant. And I was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Nobody wants to be a New York Giant. Your football team sucks. Nobody wants to be a New York. Even New York Giants don't want to be New York Giants. Kadarius Tony was like, bro, play me or trade me last year. Nobody wants to be a New York Giant. Stop lying. The owner was like, you can keep on lying, but you can't lie on my time. Get the fuck out of New York. The mayors are done. They had to like publicly apologize again because of his, uh, because of their own stupidity when it came to like hiring him. Like, how hard is it to hire a decent head coach? I'm like, damn, like, sometimes I, I just wonder, you know? It's like, I didn't know who the fuck Joe Judge was until the Giants hired him. And I'm like, damn, man, you, like, you guys suck at this. Damn. It's like every single year. Every single year, or technically every two years now is like the streak. Oh, sweet Mary of Joseph. Anyways, I'm done with Ron Rivera. He is... I mean, I've, I've talked about how just anemic he's been as a head coach since essentially getting to the Washington Commanders. But, um, I mean, he he's probably going to get fired sooner rather than later. I thought he may... Honestly, you want my honest opinion? I thought he would have five years. I don't know what his contract is, but I thought that he would essentially get like five years. And again, that's just because of the horrendousness of the organization and how they need a shield, you know? Because now it's like, oh, okay, like we fire our head coach. Now we have to focus on other things. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens with... um with the commanders here coming up very, very quickly. Oh, boy. Speaking of things that are happening very, very quickly, talk about the Carolina Panthers here. So, a couple weeks ago, I threw out this tidbit of information. I said, look, I usually don't go to this source. This source seems legit. But I usually don't go there, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just wanted you to know that this independent media source on Twitter tweeted out that if the Carolina Panthers lose to the Saints, this is a couple of weeks ago. I think this is like week three. Right? Yes, this is like week three. If the Carolina Panthers lose to the New Orleans Saints, week three, Matt Rule was going to get fired. 
That's what I heard. I believed it. It was very obvious to me. Carolina Panthers beat the Saints. Ian Rappaport before the Carolina Panthers beat the Saints. Jesus Christ. I've never been to LA before. But the only motherfucking thing you heard, you hear about LA is the motherfucking traffic. They just showed me a like a sky cam of like bumper to bumper traffic on like this bridge going into LA and it just goes on for miles. My, I don't even know where that is. That looks there's thousands upon thousands of cars there. That is hellish. Oh my god. Stop it. That is so disgusting. Oh my god. They're like, look at this sky shot that we have of Los Angeles. That is terrifying. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus Christ. Going back, like I I just have to get that that absolute gridlock traffic out of my mind. Saints versus Panthers. Once again. Gets reported. Matt Rule's done if he loses. He's not done because they pull it out. They went against the Saints miraculously. Really in a dominant fashion, 22 to 14. Jake Tapper is, or David Tapper, excuse me, is satisfied. He's fine. He's like, yeah, I'm fine with this. You've won. Then the Carolina Panthers proceeded to constantly lose football games. For example, they lost against the Cardinals, 26 to 16. And then they got absolutely destroyed. On Sunday, 47, excuse me, 37 to 15 against the 49ers. And that was it. He's done. Monday morning, pack your shit, get out. Matt Rule will be one of the more coveted coaching hires in college football, along with his defensive coordinator, who he brought with him to Carolina. Just like Ron Rivera, Matt Rule's overrated. He's overrated in college. Everybody freaked out when he had gone from Baylor to Carolina. People thought and said that it was a good hire. I was skeptical. I was skeptical. And the reason why was me being me, I'm from Texas. I know Baylor. Baylor has always been an overrated football program. Baylor has been always an underachieving program, but Baylor's always had big boosters and big backers. They're in Texas. So their football program seems larger than life to most, especially those on the outside. It's like UT or Texas Tech. It's like they're all big football programs with big backing, but they just don't do anything and they don't win. And then you hear the reports and the stories coming out of Baylor. Again, I'm Texas, so I am kind of aware of the discourse of the players and how horrible some of the players acted I think leading to, I think, some sexual assaults on campus committed by the players against the students of Baylor to the recruiting practices of the head coaches of the Baylor coaches, where they essentially pimped out their their students and said, if you're a football player at Baylor, you'll be able to have sex with all these girls on campus. And essentially saying, hey, if you're a football player on campus, you'll be able to get free beer. Not necessarily the uh, the best way to recruit 
their football players. But again, I think it speaks to Baylor's football program where essentially you have to elicit your players to um, to come play football for you by essentially saying, hey, you'll be able to have sex with a bunch of girls and you'll get all the free liquor that you want instead of, oh, I don't know, um, potentially winning a national championship game and competing for the uh, the Big 12 championship. You know, Nick Saban doesn't have to do this crap. He's just like, yeah, just come play football for us. We're going to be we're going to be great. Baylor's like, you get to have sex and you get to drink. That's what happens when you come to Baylor. But I mean, good God, that's that's what that's college. It's just like just having sex and drinking. It's like Baylor is like, we, we have that, too. We have it. Yeah, we have it. We're a Christian university, except our players have excuse me, our players freaking sexually assault girls on campus. So that was pre-Matt Rule. That's pre-Matt Rule. Post-Matt Rule, essentially, he cleaned up the whole system inside Baylor. And that's what people were crediting him for. And I say, hey, good job. But I feel like, to be honest with you, I like, look, I, I, I always find it ironic, by the way, that Christians are like the most horrendous people on the planet and i'm a christian by the way for people that are like ah, I'm a, yeah, yeah. like i don't give a fuck i find it ironic that a christian private university has like the most degenerate football players and the most degenerate people inside that facility inside that school abusing the, the students and the system i find it highly ironic and it would be incredibly hilarious if people's lives were not severely traumatized by it but the christian school baylor is like well you know we you know we'll hire matt rule and he'll clean up and he'll do the very basic things to me when it comes to morality for humans and people applauded his mediocrity and they thought that that meant him being able to teach football players how to be normal human beings like the bare minimum. Hey, don't sexually assault girls. They're like, oh my gosh, we didn't know this. Oh my God, I can't believe we didn't know this. But like him teaching his players and his coaches, hey, maybe um, don't recruit players with the hope and the intention that they'll potentially have a lot of sex with a lot of different girls on our campus. Maybe don't do that. Kind of makes us look like pieces of shit. And then... Uh, don't try to cover up sexual assaults on campus as well. Apparently that's what happened. But that's essentially what he did. He just told his people not to be shitty people. Which, hey, you know, like, look, I'm not going to lower my standards. That's something that you should already know how to do. It's fucking Baylor's fault. that They really should be shut down that school. That school should have had their entire fucking football program shut the fuck down down shut it down i think they were for a little bit shut that shit fucking down holy mother of god shut it down if they're getting any money from the state shut that motherfucking shit down they should be giving their students money for the shit that they did i'm so annoyed at baylor baylor is such a fucking degenerate school get them the fuck out they're a joke of a football program I don't give a fuck. Disgusting. Anyways. 
Matt Rule goes to Baylor. He teaches his players to be normal human beings. People applaud his mediocrity. He gets a job in the NFL. He gets fired in the NFL for being a, a, a me- mediocre. Or not even mediocre is the best way to describe it. Below mediocre. And I said essentially every single year. He got Teddy Bridgewater, I think, his first year. Then he went out and got Sam Darnold his second year. And then his third and final year, he went out and got Baker Mayfield, who's been horrible. Terrible. For the entirety of the season. P.J. Walker, a guy that I was super, super high on because he was a great XFL player a couple of years ago. Now he is coming in and he is not very good. But the Panthers... I mean, they have Christian McCaffrey, who's an awesome running back, but they don't have the offensive line. You know, it, it feels like Carolina is an exact replica of the Commanders. It's like they have a good running back in Christian McCaffrey. At once upon a time, he was great, but he's old and now hurt. They have good wide receivers. They have Terrace Marshall Jr. They have Robbie Anderson. They have DJ Moore. They have the tight end, Sam Darnold, or Arnold, or whatever. It's like, it, it, it's, it's a name that's like spelled a different way from Sam Darnold. I don't, I don't know how it is. Sam Arnold or something like that. Damn Arnold or damn Sarnold or something. I don't know. They have a good tight end, like a nice tight end, an okay tight end. They have him. They have a running back. They need an offensive line. They got, they, they got one offensive lineman and applauded themselves and patted themselves on the back. And now the vultures are circling because everybody's like, smell that? We smell potentially a running back or a wide receiver or whatever. So people are starting to call the, the Carolina Panthers to try and offload some of their assets as they motherfucking should. As they should. You can easily get a first round draft pick for DJ Moore. Okay. The objective now should be getting a motherfucking quarterback. It should be getting motherfucking Bryce Young. That is the objective that they should have. Now, maybe you, if, I, if I'm smart, if I'm smart, and a lot of teams are vultures, they're like trying to pick up the dead carcass of the commanders. If I'm a smart GM, if I'm the GM of the Panthers, I don't know if his job is secure or not. I don't really care. But if I'm the owner, if I'm the GM, if I'm someone who has a say on the matter, I'm like, we aren't trading DJ Moore. We aren't trading Akeem Aquanu. We're not trading CJ Henderson and JC Horn. We're not trading Jeremy Chen. We're probably going to extend him this offseason. Akeem Aquanu as well. Everyone else can pretty much go. We need picks. We need players. We need young players. We need Bryce Young. We are not secure in our position when it comes to the first overall pick, which we will spend on Bryce Young. It's just that simple. We're done with Sam Darnold. We're done with Bryce. We're, we're done with Baker. Whoever has the cheaper contract, we are going to play. They're both injury prone. They're both not very good. So, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, that's the perspective that I'm going to have. I am blacklisting certain professional football players. I am trading away other people as well. Want to know why? Because we need picks. We need players. We need young players. They've had relatively good drafts. The players that I said blacklist them are players that they themselves drafted. Now, if I'm another team, if I'm Green Bay, if I am the Rams, if I am a bunch of other teams, the Rams really don't have a first-round draft pick to offer them, but if I'm Green Bay, 
I'm making that phone call. If I'm the Ravens, I'm making that phone call. I want, I want DJ Moore. I want him. For Lamar, for Al Freaky, for LJ. I want him. Give him a little bit of inspiration to stay in Baltimore. If I'm a team that needs a wide receiver, if I'm the Bills, could you imagine Stephon Diggs with DJ Moore? And you know what? DJ Moore's stock has declined heavily. It depends on who you ask. Like some people think that DJ Moore is very bad. Most people get, most smart people understand. It's just like, oh, Baker, Baker's terrible. Baker's terrible. But there's certain guys that I'm like, I just, I play chess. I'm not very good at it. But I can recognize if, and like two moves, right? A game can change in two moves. If like two things, if I get two good moves or two great moves, two awesome moves off, like if I can somehow, some way capture your queen without giving up really anything for it, I've essentially won the game. Like it very, like almost any exchange that I take at that point, unless it's like queen for pawn or queen, queen for whatever, like the queen is so versatile and flexible as a piece it's hard to pin the queen down if you don't have a queen yourself or if you just don't own a lot of the board it's really really hard to get the queen when you don't have a queen which is why the queen is so important because of her versatility but in chess i feel like if i do two things it's a wrap it's done boom game's over with I feel like if certain teams go out and get DJ Moore, I think they catapult their chances of being a Super Bowl contender. I don't think Green Bay is a Super Bowl contender. I don't think the Rams are. If you told me Rams go out and get DJ Moore, who's a deep threat, who can help in the in the short, intermediate, and deep passing game. If you told me the Green Bay Packers do the exact same thing, I'm like, now this is interesting. This is very interesting. In my opinion, I think teams should, look, scared money doesn't make money, you know? Teams need to start taking fucking risks. Teams need to be a little bit more fucking aggressive. Do you want to know what? It's a poker term. It's a poker analogy. I don't like to say that, but it's true. It's like sometimes you have to make the hero call. Sometimes you have to have nothing in your hand, and bluff the shit out of your opponent. That's what you have to do to set the tone, to be like, you will not bully me on this board. You won't. You won't. I'll make that call. I'll make that bet. Just to, at the very least, prove that I am not going to be pushed around by you. And it works. Because players will get the, the vibe of, well, this player is aggressive. This, this, um, this guy won't back down if I, if I try to bluff him with nothing and things of that nature. Like, look, I know that the analogy isn't perfect. I know the parable isn't perfect. But I think there's some logic there in the sense of if you are a shitty football team 
or a team that's a contender, a playoff contender, you cannot be passive about wide receiver anymore. Green Bay has been passive about wide receiver. The Rams have kind of been passive about wide receiver. They underestimated how badly they would need Odell Beckham Jr. And I can list off a couple more teams as well, like Dallas, but I don't think they'll go out and get them. I think they're too stubborn and I think they're too idiotic. But certain teams need wide receivers. They need players. What is his cap hit this year? DJ Moore. I'm making a, I'm, I'm pulling the fucking trigger and I'm going out and I'm getting DJ Moore. His cap hit this year is $6 million. And then next year it's 25 million. And then the year after that, it's 20 million and then 20 million respectively. I'm going to extend DJ Moore as soon as I fucking get him. I'm going to extend him to be whatever player he is. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to extend him for like maybe three or four more years, wherever he goes. And I'm just going to be like, look, DJ, here you go. Here's like $20 million. We'll, we'll give you some money. Da, 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 da. We'll spread out your money because we need to like manage the cap and da, 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 da. But we're going to take you and we're going to have you for until you're 31 years old. And that's that. That's the deal. I'm going to sign him. I'm going to sign him. I'm going to trade for him. I'm going to give up first. And then we're going to go play football. It's a joke. Some teams are just so passive on the most important position in the last year. Tampa Bay is in utter turmoil. Because they can't fucking stretch the football field. You know what was interesting? I got Devontae Adams. I got it. I get him as a football player. I know he shoved the shit out of that cameraman. Terrible, terrible act by Devontae Adams. But I, I, I fucking get it. I was like, for a hot minute, I was like, Cooper Cup, best wide receiver in the NFL. No, it's Devontae Adams. I saw this dude. Devontae Adams? I'm going to have to give it like a long, hard thought. I think he's top 15 ever at his position. I think so. I think he's getting like, he hasn't consistently gotten a thousand yards in every single season. But Devontae Adams, and we talked about it like a month or two ago, Devontae Adams will get you like, 11 or eight like one year it was 18 touchdowns his touchdowns are like des bryant in his prime except he'll also get you a shit ton of yards as well in eight years he has 8,500 yards which he's averaging around a thousand yards per season but he's also had like he's had season like he's had seasons where he's had like 400 yards and those were in his first two seasons of course but he's also had seasons where he's going to get, yeah, like 1,500 yards. Devontae Adams is getting double covered by deep, by the way. Like, by the corner and by the safety. And he's still getting you 400 yards, 414 yards in five weeks and five touchdowns. Like, that's half as many touchdowns he has had last year. He had 11 touchdowns last year. He is now at five. I think, I think he's one of the 15 best wide receivers in the history of the sport. It's kind of a shame we kind of just started to recognize it, but 
Like, the production that he's put on essentially since, like, 2018 has been unreal. Even before that, like, we can go all the way back to 2016. We had 12 touchdowns. Again, people will bitch about his yards. His touchdowns are insane. Insane. In fucking sane. Again, it's like Des Bryant in his prime when it comes to the production as a wide receiver with touchdowns, except he's getting yards and he is aging significantly better than Des. Insane, his production. Insane. But like, we can see how Aaron Rodgers performs without literally one of the best wide receivers of all time on his team. And it's not very good. So, the final thing, final thing that we got before we get into like game day predictions and things of that nature and da 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 da. Final thing I got for you today is this horrendous narrative coming out of New York. The narrative essentially is the New York Giants are a top tier team because they are 4 0. And let me compare and contrast the 4, not 4 0, 4 1. Let me compare and contrast the 4 1s of the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Let me pull up the Giants record here. Hold on. Or schedule, excuse me. Let me pull up their schedule here. Okay, and I can like verbatim because I'm a Cowboys fan. I literally know the Cowboys schedule. So, everybody's on the Brian Dable New York Giants. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Oh my God, he's so awesome, Daniel Jones. They're on the hype train of Daniel Jones and Brian Dable. And look, have they played well? No! No! Are you kidding me? Let me let me show let me let me tell you something right here, right now. Daniel Jones hasn't had a touchdown in three weeks. Three weeks? He had a double-digit touchdown game against the Titans. He had another touchdown against the Panthers. And then he hasn't had a touchdown in almost a month. He had 71 yards against the Bears. I don't understand why people are like, like Daniel Jones is playing awesome. I get it. They beat the Giants. Or excuse me, they beat the Packers. I'll say it as many fucking times as I need to say it. I'll say it. Packers have been overrated. Packers are fucking overrated. It's a joke that people took the Packers so fucking seriously when the Packers were so overrated. Their defense is overrated. 
Aaron Rodgers, anytime they have to rely on him to do anything, he falls short, as he did once again. Where in the second half, he just started to lob passes, trying to generate pass interference penalties, and it didn't work because the Giants' DBs were not having any of it. Their offensive line is a mess to the point where they were like, we know Bakhtiari is back, but we're going to sub him out of the game because we uh, because we want to try and like preserve him and things of that nature. They were up by, let me uh, let me check the, the score. They were up by 10 goddamn points going into the second half. And then they just let the Giants run Rackshaw all over them. They gave up 14 points in the sec in the fourth quarter. I watched this game five. I was annoyed with the p- way that the Packers were playing because the Packers were playing like bullshit. They're playing like garbage. 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 They're playing terrible. And I knew, and I said it then. I said it early game. I said it in the early game block on Sunday. I said, look. People are going to clap it up for the New York Giants. They're going to tell you this is the defining game for the New York Giants. This is the game that has them back in playoff contention, back to normalcy. They're a great football team. Da-da-da-da-da. I always talk about how I'm going to quote Dan Houses' Dan Houses' power rankings, and he finally didn't get one team right. Or he finally got one team right in the sense of like the New York Giants where he was low on the Giants. He moved them up six spots. They're not a top 10 team. The Packers still are, which is obnoxious. But everybody is high on the Giants. And I'm just like, the Giants don't have a good win on the record outside of the Titans. And the Titans played like shit in that game. Really, the Titans, you want to know what? I'll say it. Titans have been playing like shit all year. Really, they almost lost to the commanders if Carson Wentz didn't throw that interception at the end of the game. Really probably should have lost to the Raiders as well if the Colts weren't such a fucking dysfunctional mess. Probably should have lost to the Colts. They should probably be 1-4 trash. They are 3-2. and two. They are winning their division. They're trash. They're garbage. And then the Packers, who were overrated and overlooked them anyways. I, I don't... The Packers are just such a fucking joke. But everybody's like, they're winners. They're winners. They're awesome. Giants are going to go up against the, Ra- the Ravens ne- this weekend. I think they're going to lose by two scores. I don't like the Ravens' defense. I don't think the Ravens' defense right now at this point is very good. But I don't really care. Lamar is who I'm banking on to have and carry that football team. And I don't think the Giants will be able to stop him, nor do I think the Giants have the personnel to stop him. But the Ravens will go up against the Giants regardless. And they'll beat the crap out of the the, uh, the Giants. But there's context, Right? There's always context with these things. Because people want to overreact. People want to tell me, well, 24. Dallas and the Giants are two teams that are 4-1. and one. Yes, that's, that's true. They're 4-1. and one. But just because you're 4-1 and one doesn't mean 
that it has the same impact as another team that's 4-1. What I'm trying to say is that the Giants' wins aren't as valuable as the Cowboys' wins. Like, literally and metaphorically. Like, literally, I think they're below the Cowboys. Yes, they are. They are below the Cowboys when it comes to, like, the overall rankings and things of that nature. But to make matters worse, like, so literally they are. They aren't as good as the, like, the record isn't as impactful as the Cowboys. And one of the reasons for that is they actually lost to the Cowboys. Lost to the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. That means that the Cowboys right now have the tiebreaker over the Giants if they have a tied record because they're divisional opponents. But then you look at the Dallas Cowboys. So that's one victory from the Cowboys. We'll discount the Washington because uh, the Washington win for the Cowboys because the Washington win is, I mean, it's, it's Washington. They're literally one of the worst teams in the NFL. But Dallas has beaten the two teams that went to the Super Bowl and played in the Super Bowl this year that, granted, are not very good relative to what they were last year. But I still think, to some degree, I still think, for example, the Rams are a playoff team, if not just by default, like their division is terrible. And they have good football players. Like Dallas had struggled in pass protection with Aaron Donald all last night, or not last night, but Sunday, early game, early in the day. Or was it late in the day? I can't remember when the actual game was played. But they struggled with him because he was being grouped up against Tyler Smith, who just wasn't ready for him. That's fine. Tyler has had a great, great season overall. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fry him because, oh my God, he has a bad game and gives up two sacks against literally the greatest defensive tackle of all time. I'm not going to kill him. He's a rookie. He just restarted playing left tackle a month ago. I'm not going to kill him. Oh, my God. He, like, he struggles against Aaron Donald. Oh, boo-hoo. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Because he'll never face off against Aaron Donald again this year. But my point is, Dallas has better wins and a better overall resume than the Giants, and they fucking beat the Giants without Dak Prescott. It's like, what? People are like, yeah, like, the Giants are either better than Dallas or for some weird reason, the Giants are like, are like a good team relative. Like they, they will win potentially they'll win some games. I'll say it. they'll win some games, their schedule. They're going to play a lot of shitty games against shitty teams. Dude, they haven't even started their series against the Eagles. They start that in December, in December, in three weeks, they get the pleasure of going up against the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's like, I, I don't understand why in three weeks in November, I think they play up against the Cowboys. Is it? I think they play up against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I think so. Yes. Yes, they do. In Dallas. And it's just like, I, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I think that the Giants are a good football team. The Giants have essentially like, oh my God, let me show you something. Let me show you some of their statistics. I'm so annoyed with people. Like, hasn't it been essentially that the Giants have, like, choked? Or not choked away, but they've, like, yeah, they played like shit almost every single game. They play like shit in the first half, and then in the second half they explode. Because the team just let the foot off their, uh, let their foot off the gas. 13 points in the, in the third quarter against the Titans. 
eight points in the fourth quarter. There's your ball game. They scored 21 points in the in this in the second half. They didn't score any in the first. Against the Panthers. The score was 16 and 19. They scored 10 points out of excuse me, not 10. They scored 13 out of 19 points in the second half. Against the uh the Bears. It was 12 to 20 in favor of the Giants. This is like their only good game where it's just like, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. This is like their only good game where they played like consistently. They scored 14 points in this in the first half and then they had six in the second. Yeah, it's the same thing against the Cowboys. 10 points in the third quarter, three in the fourth. There's, there's the, all of their points. It's 23 to 16. And then the Packers... We already covered it. 14 points in the fourth quarter. Like, ball game. Right? The Giants, they always get slept on. They get slept on by their opponents. Their offensive line is a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Offensive line is a mess. Their defensive line is a mess. They let Daniel Jones get sacked. So often, Saquon Barkley will have a couple of good runs here and there, but teams are like, we don't, like Dallas, Dallas is like, we're going to let Saquon, or not, we're going to let, but like, Saquon scores a touchdown against the Cowboys. Cowboys are like, we don't care. You guys have taken forever on this drive. You guys have burned so much clock. We don't care. We don't want him to score from like 30 yards out, but we'll take that with the Dabble Ranch. Yes, sir. We'll take it. Next week, they go up against the, the Ravens. I cannot wait to pick against them, and I cannot wait for people to be like, golly wally, I can't believe the Giants got their asses whooped by the Baltimore Ravens. And oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Anyways. Oof. Getting to the end of the podcast here, I think we're going to spend the next 30 to 40 minutes maybe spending some time on this. Week five game day predictions. Once again, my record, I have a pretty good record so far. Pretty consistent, pretty good. Overall picks, I was 10 of six. I correctly predicted 10 games. I incorrectly predicted six. And really, some of those motherfucking games that I didn't pick correctly, like the Packers, joke, Colts versus Broncos, joke. Texans at Jags, where the Jags had all of the momentum going into this game. It was a home game. Joke. Wait a second. Hold on. Did I pick six games? I just saw that I... Hold on. Let me just, like, look this up. I think I, I think I may have like misentered something. I like I said that I lost the um I didn't accurately predict the Bills and the uh, the Steelers, which it's just like everybody and their mother picked the Bills over the Steelers. Hold on. But I like entered I entered it wrong. So how many wins is that if I add that up? One, two, three, four, five, five. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. 
Hold on a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, celebrate with me! Oh my god! Oh my god! If you saw me dancing, it would be the most embarrassing thing ever! Oh my god! Ladies and gentlemen, the best weekend for 24's podcast weekend predictions has just happened. I act. I paused the music like Max Verstappen. I was absolute. I accidentally entered in the data incorrectly, and it turns out that we got another win. Eleven to five is the game day predictions. Excuse me. Pause the music. Twenty four. Smack yourself. Smack yourself. Incorrectly entering in the data. Oh God. It always happens, by the way. Like every single year, it always happens. At the end of the year, I always like go back and I always like, I always have to enter in all of the game day weeks, all of their individual records. And I make so many mistakes, so many mistakes. And I should really get ahead of it. And it's just like, I haven't started entering in the week by week by week by week data and I always fucking get something wrong. And it's always, and I always have to tack on more losses. So my winning percentage is actually a tad bit lower because of my own terribleness. Just like how I did today. Oh my gosh. Can we unpause my music, please? It is a good day to be me. Oh my God. Going from 62% because I'm not 10 and 6 this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back on the pathway. I'm back on the pathway. I'll say it again. Back on the pathway to 70%. Oh, yeah, Lord, baby. That's what we do. That's what we do. Just to be clear, I didn't actually get a 70% Success rate or pick rate or whatever you want to call it. It was 68.75. But considering that at the start of the season, it was 50% garbage. I'll take 68.75 on pause my music. Oh my God. I could just let it run out. I got to stand up. My, the back of my knees are starting to get sweaty. Starting to get a little bit sweaty. Oh my gosh. I thought I had five games on Sunday. I thought I did. That was so weird. It wasn't weird. It was, it was like when I was entering in the data on like Monday or something like that for the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Raiders. I know that seems like super scripted and I hate how that just happened because it literally just feels like I just like prepared that. I did not prepare that promise you I was so annoyed that I was 10 and 6 again for the third week in a row but again it uh turns out that I'm again I never say I'm the smartest guy but um 
yeah, when I was like entering in the data on um on Monday, I was I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, I've I've cleared ten and six. Like no matter what happens, I've won four or five games or something like that. I forgot what it was. Or not five games, but I've I already have like ten games prepared or whatever. Um, and I'm gonna be fine for the Raiders and the Chiefs game the night before. And uh or not the night before, but for tonight. And I was correct, but then I entered in the Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers game incorrectly, and I'm 68.75% right. I'll take that. Some people aren't even 50% right. So, we will talk about... Ah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You, know, you want to know the, the annoying thing? If the Packers had gotten their shit together, if they had... Oh my God, go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Turn it up. Turn my music off. Turn it up. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Oh my God. Oh my God. I've had enough. I've had enough. Oh, gosh. The Dodgers. I thought they just scored another run. I thought they scored another one. Another run. It's the bottom of the third. I said I wanted the fucking Mets. But I also said I want them to be embarrassed. Stay your asses in New York City, you walking piece of mediocrity. Oh my god, I said stay your ass in New York. Stay your ass in New York. What you did to the Dodgers, I hope you're watching now, Mets fans. I hope you're getting a close-up. I hope, like Tupac said, I hope you see me clearly. I hope they don't even have to picture me rolling. You don't even have to picture me rolling. I want you to watch the scoreboard. 5-0, five runs, zero runs, bottom of the third, absolute domination by the Dodgers. Absolute domination. Gotta love it. Gotta love it when your team pulls through. Gotta love it when the Dodgers pull through. What an exciting baseball game for me. First playoff baseball game that I've like sit down and watched like an analyst slash fan. And boy, howdy, it has been absolute domination. It's been two outs. Uh-oh. 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 That's not a homer. It's foul. I was like, Mookie Betts absolutely cracked one. Oh, my God. Foul ball. Is that Kevin Love? That looks like Kevin Love. I'm like, Kevin Love, shouldn't you be playing basketball? Season's about to start. Like, if Mookie, if Mookie, Mookie Betts. If he hits a grand slam, bases are loaded. 0-2 is the pitch. Five runs to nil. Dodgers. A lot of celebrities in the stands. A lot of normal-looking celebrities, right? Like Jason Bateman. 
Ozarks. He's out there. He's in a black hoodie. Dodgers baseball cap looks like a normal human being. Oh, he's out. Mookie's out. Mookie's out. That Padres outfielder. That pitcher looks like he just went through his own personal Vietnam. Oh, my God. They gave up five runs in the third. Yikes. Or at the... No, excuse me. At the end of the third, there were five runs. I apologize. Again, I'm new to baseball. I'm new to, like, watching baseball. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. What a great night. What a great week of sports. For me. (laughs) For me. Oh, I I sure can pick the winners because I am a winner. Anyways, let's get you out of here. Let's review the games of the weekend, right? I'll go in and I'll give you my game day picks here. My wins and my losses and da-da-da-da-da. And then we'll break down the games individual. We'll circle back to the games once we're done breaking them. Once we're done, like, giving you my overall record. Oh, it's... Excuse me, I made another mistake. I said that my record for this weekend was 11 and 6. Excuse me. It's 11 and 5. It's 11 and 5. Count them up! 24, count them up! Oh my God. First disaster of the weekend Colts versus Broncos. I had the Broncos winning it. They lost it. Why? Because they're a joke. They're a mediocre football team. Fire Nathaniel Hackett. Blow it all up. Russell Wilson. I have no idea what's going on with him. Apparently, he has the exact same injury as Dak Prescott. Well, hell, I guess we're just going to talk about each and every single game and da da da. Regardless, sorry. But apparently, he has the same exact injury that sidelined Dak Prescott for about a month last season in the preseason. He got like a shot in his shoulder or whatever. I don't know what it, I don't know what he did or whatever. But he gets like a shot or whatever. And he, um, it's not healed, but he'll play through it instead of sitting out and things of that nature. Look, here's the thing. I don't know how long he's had the injury. I find it highly convenient that now he's just like, well, I have to get something to help with the, with the injury. Granted, it's probably been affecting him for the last couple of weeks, but I just, I'm like, it's because he's losing, you know? They thought that they could handle it. They obviously cannot and did not. Now, do I actually think that the injury has affected his play? Yeah, because I've, I haven't seen Russell Wilson play this fucking bad in a long time. Really, if ever. So I think that the injury is a real thing. I think that it is something that needed to be addressed. But I think potentially the Broncos handled it horrendously. And it's why they're so terrible. But yes, the Broncos, they lost on Thursday I'm not upset about it because, thank God, I didn't have to watch it, but when the fans are leaving the stands, when you're about to go into overtime, you know you're playing like... I've never seen that before in my entire... I've never seen fans leave the stadium as their home team, as their football team is about to battle in overtime. I've never seen that before in any sport, ever, ever, never seen that. I've seen people get up at halftime to go use the bathroom and get snacks. Never seen in my entire life a football team be like, or football fans, or fans of a sport. Like right now, it's like top of the fourth, right? Dodgers versus Padres. Dodgers fans have gotten up out of their seats, use the bathroom, go out, get something to drink, stuff like that. 
some snacks. They're just like, yeah, we like we want to go out and get some snacks, and it, it's the top of the fourth quarter. It's not the hitting inning, hitting side of the inning. So I get it. They're getting back to their seats. It's a playoff game. It, it, you know, the game for the most part is wrapped up. Five runs to none. Huh. I might. I got a cough. Hold on. <coughs> I don't know what's going on. Hold on. Let me take some water. Hold on. Take some water. Get it together, 24. More like drink some water. What are you, an alien? <clears throat> uh, God. Aliens. Speaking of aliens, Broncos are terrible. Had the Broncos, they lost. I was wrong on that game. Packers versus Giants. I was wrong on this game as well. I had the Packers winning it. They would have won it if they had done anything in the second half. <clears throat> Instead, they floundered around. Like the uh, the fish that the British cook up for some nice fish and chips. Overrated dish, by the way. Overrated just Fried fish with french fries. Do you know what we call that? A catfish grill. A catfish fry. A, a fry fish. We call that just frying some fish. The British have made it an, a, a delicacy. And they want to make something as basic as frying fish and adding french fries like a delicacy. We're Americans. That's what we eat on Sundays. You can go to freaking uh, what what what's what's that place, uh, at Captain Jack's, or Silver Linings Playbook. I don't know what it's called. You know the fried. You can go to a lot of places and get fried fish and French fries, and people act like the British have come up with like uh with like freaking you know the next great cuisine. You know, fish and chips. Get the fuck out of here. It's fried fish and French fries. We came up with that shit. We. Improved upon it. We have better fish, too. Try catfish. It's better. It's delicious. <clears throat> Anyways. Packers lost in London. Terrible, terrible, obnoxious situation that happened there. Lions at Patriots. I had the Lions winning it. They lost it. You know, I'll commentate on the individual games here. I, I'm not circling back. I know I flip-flopped, but um, I feel good. I feel good about talking about this, and plus I want to... Plus, the actual... The reason why I circle back and I talk about certain games a little bit um, unpredictably is because most of the time, the good games aren't at the end of the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in this case, the important games, the good games, are. So that's why we're going to do it like this. So, um, we've talked about the Giants. Let me go back to the Giants and the Packers. We've talked about the Giants enough today. Packers, yeah, uh, their joke. They are maybe a playoff team, but they're not a serious contender in the playoffs. And then on top of that, they are, they are lacking so much when it comes to offense, defense. And I just think that if they run up against the Cowboys and the Eagles, as they will in the next month, they're going to get their asses handed to them. Aaron doesn't have one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen in my entire life anymore. He has Randall Cobb and that's it. And do you want to know what? Through five weeks, he doesn't get it. Aaron doesn't get that he's going to have to rely on one of these young guys. The Packers have deliberately gone out of their way to go out and get him young wide receivers because they think that he's one of the best guys in the league and he is, but he doesn't. And I was wrong about this, but I'll give credit where credit was due. Colin Coward was right. Aaron doesn't have any rapport with young guys. He doesn't 
generate it. He doesn't trust them. He doesn't believe in them. And he doesn't care. He doesn't... <coughs> Excuse me. Hold on. I got to cough again. Jesus Christ, what's going on? <coughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. He doesn't believe in these guys. He doesn't trust these guys. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. So, Aaron... Aaron is playing on a team with a worse defense, with a worse offensive line, with a worse wide receiving core, and he thinks that he's going to win because he's Aaron Rodgers and he doesn't he doesn't have the wherewithal to be like I need these guys to win. And he just he, he's not going to do it. Who do the backers play next week? If they play up against anyone tough, and that's subjective because I mean, I don't know who. Uh, they're they're going to play up against the Jets, and they're going to beat the Jets. Yeah. They'll be fine next week. People will be like, guys like Dan Houses will be like, Aaron's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL after he beats the Jets, which are still kind of bad. Like the Jets, they beat the uh, the Miami Dolphins with a third-string quarterback, and they're like, man, the, oh, man. Jets sure are a good football team. And it was close for like a hot minute, and then it got out of hand real quick. It was like close bottom of the third. I'm like, okay. Like, eh, people, let's let's wind this down, please. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Speaking of winding things down, and I talked about this a lot on Sunday. I talked about the Lions and the Patriots game on Sunday because for like a hot minute, I was like, the Lions, they're, it, they're an interesting team. They're not interesting. They're bad. They're one and four. I said, look. The Lions, they have a lot of close wins, but they also have a lot of wins where they get blown. Not a lot of wins. Not even close wins. They have a lot of close losses. But the losses are losses where they get blown out the front door. They just get blown out. Well, not even blown out is the best way, but they give up like 40-something points. You give up 40 points in a game. And somehow, someway, in like garbage time or whatever, they recover. But they look closer than they actually are. And they always lose. And then this week, it's like rubber meets the road. They lose against the Patriots. Hold on. Let me look. Let me get it. They lose to the Patriots 29-0. Their offense is abysmal. I think DeAndre Swift didn't play in that game. And Ramondre Stevenson popped off. Shout out to him. Always knew he was going to be a star, but shout out. Popped off. Ramondre popped off. (coughs) Excuse me. I apologize. Mondre Stevenson popped off. Lions couldn't handle him. Lions didn't know what to do. They went for it on like fourth and nine, which is like one of the plays that everybody keeps on talking about, which I'm not surprised that Dan Campbell did go for it on fourth and nine, but it's just like, you don't have the motherfucking personnel to go for it on fourth and nine. Why are you going for it on fourth and nine, Dan Campbell? Why? Tell me why. Blows my brain that he would go for it on fourth and nine. He doesn't have the personnel. He doesn't have the guys. It's the Patriots. They have a backup. They have the, excuse me. They have the backup to the backup. They have a third string quarterback, Bailey Zappi. Why the fuck are you going for it on fourth and nine? I don't understand that. But yes, the Patriots, they shut out the Lions and they scored almost 30 points against them. Are the Patriots a contender? I don't think so. They can maybe make it to the playoffs. I don't think so at this point. 
I just don't think the Patriots have the personnel to compete with anybody in the AFC. So, like, we can do this on our fingers, right? So, the four teams, we'll say somebody from the AFC South. Like, I don't think it matters really who. I'm I'm rooting for the Jags at this point, but I, like, the Jags are a bit of a mess as well. But we'll say the Bills, we'll say the divisional winners, right? Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, right? And then somebody from the AFC South. We'll say the Jags, right? There's three more playoff spots in the AFC, and it's tricky, right? Because I think all of the other divisions, like the AFC South, for example, is a division that's overrated. The AFC North, for example, is a division that has like two teams in it that I think can potentially go to the playoffs, but it's just, it's a shoulder shrug for me. Like the Bengals and the Browns are kind of like, just like, I don't know what's going on. You can maybe put in the Patriots and maybe the Dolphins there. I think the Dolphins could potentially be a playoff team. And then it's like the AFC South. It's like, I don't really know. I To be honest with you, the AFC has so little teams that are like consistent that it's hard for me to be like, okay, this team is going to the playoffs. This team isn't. And we haven't had a progression of games to be able to know really who's like a strong playoff contender at this point. Long story short, we just don't have enough information on who's good in the AFC and who's not good and things of that nature. Or more specifically, good enough to go to the playoffs. We kind of know, like, who's good and who's not good. Like, the Broncos are not good and the Bills are good, but it's the in-between. It's like the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Browns, the Chargers potentially, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because the Chargers almost lost to the Browns. Like, if the Browns kicker had made that kick, I think his name is Cade York, if he had made that kick, like that 30, 40-yarder that was like a chip shot, if he had made that, they would have been, they would have won. Because the Chargers are a clown show. Speaking of which, let's talk about the clown show. Chargers at Browns, a game that I almost lost. Almost incorrectly picked. 30-28, to 28, again, Browns kicked the field goal. Browns, not the Browns, Chargers are a joke. I'm going to strangle the Chargers. God, man, Brandon Staley. I hate that analytics are being misused, okay? Analytics, this is not how you use analytics. You do not provide, you do not just walk into a game and you don't take the actual context of the game into play. Like you have to actually like take into context how you're playing as well, because that matters. It's like game theory in poker. Or optimal game theory in poker. Where essentially you're like trying to guess, okay, this is my hand. These are the cards that were dealt out or maybe well, maybe you got to see the cards that were dealt. Maybe you didn't. But these are the cards that are on the table. This is the like amount of cards. These are like the amount of cards that like theory and strategy and da 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 But like these are the amount of cards that my opponent could potentially have to beat the hand that I have in my hand. You have to to put into context how you are doing versus how your opponent is doing versus how the game is actually being played. If you're playing like shit, if you have a bad hand, if your opponent is calling very, very quickly on every single hand, that is a tell that they probably have a good hand and you should probably fold if you don't have a lot of outs for the shitty situation that you've put yourself in. But if you have a good hand and they're calling... And they're like, they're giving you maybe tells that they're bluffing, then then fucking call their bluff. 
But you cannot, as... Let me go back to football instead of poker. You cannot, as the Chargers, just go for it on fourth and down, fourth and whatever, not fourth and down, but fourth down, and just spam, reply, analytics, analytics, analytics. Analytics are not on your side. They are not on your side. Because analytics takes into account how close you are to the yardage to gain and how good you've played on this drive as well as on the actual game versus how the defense has played on this drive and also throughout the game. That's the analytics. It's like if you if you are performing good and if you it is short yardage, then yes, go for it. Even in short yardage, if you're performing bad, don't fucking go for it. It's like a coin flip. The odds are vastly not in your favor. You don't have the edge that you think you do. You don't have the advantage that you think you do. So just don't go for it. And it's like Brandon Staley just doesn't fucking get it. He has almost lost his team. Like if if some of the teams that they were they were playing weren't so fucking shitty, he would have probably lost the Raiders game. He probably would have lost LeBron's game. And it's like I've I've always had my questions about Brandon Staley because I like he has some of the best defensive players on the planet. He has Khalil Mack. He has Joey Bosa. He has Derwin James. He has JC Jackson. He has a good linebacker in Kenneth Murray. And it's just like, dude. And then he has Justin Herbert. Even Keenan Allen, who's like hurt. He's sitting at home. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Why are we going for it on fourth and long? Or like inside their own 50. It's like there is no analytics person that is like, we have a minute left. We're going to go for the fourth down. We don't care. Like, Nothing is taken into context. Who is their analytics person that runs the numbers and theorizes about the possibility of them winning? I don't know who this person is. That person needs to be fired. But Chargers at Browns, once again, an absolute shit show. Put on the red powder and the rainbow afros, ladies and gentlemen, because it is an absolute clown fiesta in Los Angeles when it, when it comes to the Chargers. They're a fucking joke. Honestly. Holy shit, man. They go up against, they go up against the Broncos. The Broncos on Monday night football. Are you baping me? Uh, I hate this. I hate the scheduling so much. They're probably going to win three, maybe four games before they run into the Chiefs on November 20th. <sighs> God. I hate the Chargers so much. They're such a fucking joke of a football team. God, man. Texans at Jags. Another kind of like joke of a football game. I don't know what happened. Jags were just... Anemic at home too. Thirteen to six was the final score. Trevor Lawrence didn't play very well. I, like I don't really know what to, to make of Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they are a playoff team, and I still think that they can win their division. I'm just not as confident in that ability and in their ability when they're losing to the Texans. Dude, I'm so surprised that some of the teams that have like lost to the Texans and that have played poorly against the Texans and things of that nature 
It's just like the Jags, man, are just like, it's a head scratcher. Six to 13, they go from like borderline beating the Eagles in Philadelphia to holy fucking shit, they lost to the Texans. Like that's that's the dichotomy that I'm talking about. I'm like, how do you go from literally almost beating the Eagles to losing to the Texans the next week? It's just like, where's the consistency? I don't I don't know where it is. It's I, I don't know. Texans are not Texans, excuse me. Jags are a bit ridiculous. Atlanta versus Tampa Bay. Let's talk about it. So the whole which by the way, uh, oh yeah, by the way, let me give you my game me pretty keep like taking off the notes page and putting it back on. Oh, yeah, I had the Jags winning the Texans versus the Jags, and they didn't. I had the Chargers winning against the Browns and the Chargers, and they did. Uh, Bucks versus Falcons was super fucking close. It came down to a controversial call with the Atlanta Falcons is Grady Jarrett and the roughing the passer. Look, I think the enforcement of the whole you can't put your body weight on a quarterback is ridiculous. I think the whole I think the rule is dumb. I think a lot of rules in the NFL are dumb. And I think that they have no idea how to actually monitor their football game. I don't think they know how to enforce the rules. I don't think they know how to create rules that make the game fun and interesting and can protect players. As evident by Tua two weeks ago, as evident by Tom Brady a week ago, or not even a week ago, but you know what I mean, like three days ago. Like, the NFL is just not very good at being able to self-police themselves. Like, they have very, very little integrity, and they'll do anything and everything. It was, it's, again, very similar to the metaphor that I brought up with the Prince. It's like, do what is necessary for your survival. And that's kind of what the NFL has done. And they don't care what they do. They just care that they survive. They're like a cockroach, you know? They'll eat garbage and multiply and things of that nature and hide in your walls and be pests that require an exterminator. And then the exterminator comes into your house. He breaks away your walls and he finds like thousands of cockroaches just swarming in your walls. It's like, how the fuck did this happen? It's like, I don't know. That's the NFL. There are a swarm of cockroaches. It's just like you smash one. There's like eight others. <clears throat> Anyways. What was I talking about? Um Texans at Jack. Oh no, not even Texans at Jacks. Falcons at Bucks. Oh yeah, like I was talking about the whole roughing the passer thing. It, like look, Tom Brady and the Bucks had kind of wrapped up that game at that point. It was getting a little bit tight, getting a little bit close towards the end of the game because the Falcons had scored a bunch of points in garbage time. Brady Jarrett play would have meant that the Atlanta Falcons would have gotten another shot. And because it was 15 to 21, Atlanta could have potentially won the game. I'll admit that. I don't know if they would because uh, it, like, it would have been close. It would have been interesting. Do I think that they could have and should have went down the football field against Tampa Bay and scored? Yes. Yes, I do. I think the call was shit. I think if I was a referee, even though I love Tom Brady, I wouldn't have fucking called it look for everybody that wonders why we have this rule it's to protect Aaron Rodgers ironically enough 
three, four years ago, Aaron Rodgers got, and I remember this fucking pissed me off because Green Bay Packers fans started to like mock the rule. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, it was your guy that caused this rule to begin with because I think it was like Daniil Hunter or some Vikings player had like put his whole weight on Aaron Rodgers. Look, I'm not for suplexing players. I think that needs to be like controlled. I hate it when they suplex players. I hate it when they pick you up and they fucking lift you up off of your feet and slam you to the ground. That's unnecessary to me. That is ridiculous. And I think to some degree, I think to some degree, you can have an argument somewhat that fucking gripping somebody by their jersey because they're smaller than you and you're a defensive end like this happened to Tua. I feel like the two times that he was hurt, essentially it was, he's smaller than I am, so let me grab him and let me fucking throw him into the ground instead of let me wrap his ass up and tackle him. I feel like that's kind of why he got hurt. To be honest with you. Because he was... I mean, he's smaller than the defensive ends and tackles and things of that nature, and they fucking bodied him. And I don't like that. I don't like that. And yeah, I want my players to play longer and more. And do you want to know? We'll talk about the Cowboys and some of the egregious things that are going on there. But yes, like, I think the Tampa Bay call was bullshit, but I also understand kind of the philosophy behind, like, the whole, we don't necessarily want quarterbacks to be slammed into the ground but I can also be able to be like yeah like the call against Tom Brady was bullshit I think that the whole the defensive linemen can't put their weight on a quarterback is fucking ridiculous let me just like go ahead and say that fucking ridiculous because it's just like what the fuck do you got want him to do as he is tackling the quarterback he can't put his weight on him Like, do you realize how dangerous that is for the defensive player to, like, try to make that adjustment mid-fall? Stupid rule. And then it leaves so much room for interpretation. And the refs are terrible that I don't trust any of them, so I wouldn't do it at all. But it's fucking ridiculous that that rule even exists. But the Bucs won the game. But I can also, in regard to like quarterback safety and things of that nature, I can also be like, eh, maybe it's not a good thing that we throw around our quarterbacks and stuff like that. I get it. Guys want to destroy them. Um, let's just say, hey, look, guys, you're not going to be able to destroy quarterbacks. You're not going to be able to like fucking pick them up and throw them off the ground. You already can't do that. You can't suplex a guy. But like, I want to go a little bit further than that. And I want to be like, yeah, you're, you cannot, you cannot fucking grab somebody's jersey and fucking slam them into the ground. You cannot do that. Like, throw them into the ground, excuse me. Because I think that's incredibly dangerous. As evident with Tua. Twice, by the way. So. Let me unplug my computer and then we'll continue this conversation. Hold on. Next game I want to talk about. Bills versus Steelers. 
38 to 3, there's not a lot much else to say. I think some people are overrating this game in the sense of people are really excited to talk about how awesome the Bills are. I'm like, guys, like, it's the Steelers versus the Bills. Like, if you're if you're gonna tell me, if you're gonna talk to me about how awesome the Steelers are and were or whatever, like I I don't get it. Hold on, I gotta why, as a Dodgers fan, I'm losing my mind. Why, as a Dodgers fan, would you reach across the barrier in a playoff game where five runs up, a fan, re- one fan, intelligently didn't reach across the barrier. We got an outfielder trying to make a play on a baseball, and one of the fans in a Dodgers jersey and a Dodgers cap fucking reaches over the barrier to try and get the fucking home run. It's a Padres, it's a it's a Padres homer, by the way. It's not a Dodgers homer, it's a Padres homer. And it's like, there's one fan in a backward baseball cap who fucking gets it. He's just like, I'm not gonna reach. I'm not gonna reach because it's gonna fucking deny, it's gonna give the opposition a home run. They caught it on the big screen. They got it on the big screen. I think it's coming back. Thank God, but oh my God. Fans, why the fuck would you go to a baseball game, reach out, try to fucking extend and get the homer? Just, it should, you reach across the barrier. I don't fucking get it. Oh my God. As a Dodgers fan, you're a Dodgers fan. You're in Dodgers gear. You're in Los Angeles. Why the fuck are you trying to help off the Padres? Get out of his way. He can't size it up if he sees your fat fucking hand in his fucking face. Get the fuck out of the way. And the homer counted. Of course it did. If we lose this fucking baseball game, if we lose it, I'm blaming that motherfucking fan that fucking reached up over the barrier. And then he didn't, of course, he didn't catch the baseball. Of course. He didn't catch it. Of course he didn't. Of course. Of course he didn't. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach across the barrier. I'm going to be obnoxious, but I'm not going to make the catch. Like, of course you don't make the catch. Moron. Anyways. Dolphins at Jets. I had the Dolphins winning it. I thought Teddy Bridgewater would play. They played their backup quarterback. Tua is concussed. I think Tua should be out another week. Set him down. Jesus fucking Christ. You guys almost killed him on Thursday two weeks ago or a week ago. Whatever it was. I'm, I'm losing track of time here very quickly. Almost killed him like two weeks ago. I don't want to see Tua play. Let him recover his brain because you almost killed him. I had the Dolphins over the Jets. The, Dolph- the Jets put up a, put up a freaking beating against the Dolphins. It was embarrassing for the Dolphins and they deserved it. Deserved it. Considering how they treated their quarterback and lied about his lied about how he doesn't have a concussion, and then the NFL came out. Well, oh my gosh, he like we did we determined that he doesn't have a, a concussion. Then why did you fire the independent neurologist? Why did you fire him or her? Fair play. Why did you fire your independent neurological examiner if he's okay? 
if he didn't have a concussion, if they didn't make a mistake, and then why are also all of these other neurologists and these brain experts coming out and being like, what the fuck, he had a concussion. Why did you let him play on Thursday Night Football four days after he had a concussion? I don't get it. Nobody gets it. But yes, the Dolphins lost against the... Um, <clears throat> against the Jets. And this is where I go for broke when it comes to my records. I, I just, I don't have any more losses. I have, I just go on a fucking hot streak where I add one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm terrible at counting. I apologize. That's why I'm not a mathematician. Anyways. I don't think I need to talk about the Dolphins and the Jets. Bears at Vikings. Super close football game. A Justin Fields touchdown run that would have won them the football game had come back. One of their receivers had, like, fumbled the football at the end of the game. It's Bears, and it's Vikings, and it's just like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Justin Jefferson pops off. Like, you know what? Like, I say that. I say, like, nobody cares about these two football teams. I don't care about these. Don't tell me he hit another one. Oh, my God. He's gone, right? He doesn't even get up to fucking throw the football back in. Oh, my God. It's like zero outs. By the way, Clayton Kershaw is not playing tonight. I cry tears. I cry. It's five runs to one. Zero outs. Man on third and second. And it's just like the Padres are starting to heat up a little bit. Urias. God damn it, that outfitter should have had that. Oh my God, so annoying. Anyways. <clears throat> like, I don't care about the Bears and the Vikings. You want my honest opinion? I don't care. That's my honest opinion. The reason why I don't care is because the Bears... And the Lions, to me, do not play good enough football to be relevant. They don't have the players. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the coaching. And it's like the, the Vikings, they, they masquerade themselves. They're like, we have Justin Jefferson. He's like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And then he goes on like a two or three week just slump fest of just, wow, I cannot believe he plays this badly. Or I cannot believe that he would play this badly. He just didn't play good at all for like three weeks. And then he goes out and he has like 150-something yards. And it's just like, gee, Will Whitakers, I wish you guys had figured out how to get him the ball for the last couple of weeks when I tried to pick for you guys. Luckily, I did it again, and you guys won. But against the Bears, we almost lost. It's like, it's the Bears. They have nobody. They have nobody. Nobody. And they almost lost. And it's just like, oh, I'm out. I'm out on the Bears. I'm, I mean, I was already out on the Bears. I'm out on the Packers. Or excuse me, the Vikings. I'm out on every team in the NFC North. They're all jokes. All jokes. Get him up. Get him the fuck out. Titans at Commanders. I had the Titans winning it. Very, very close game. Again, Carson went through a game-ending interception on third and goal at the end of the football game to the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans celebrated that one. Derrick Henry, everybody's like, he popped off that game. He did not. He had to get the ball 28 times to get 100 yards. Again, it's not... How many yards you get, it's how efficiently you get him. And he wasn't efficient at all. He has been horrendous for the entirety of the year. 
for the most part. Oh, you don't believe me? Look at his statistics last year and look at his statistics this year. As a matter of fact, let me help you out. Let me show you. Let me show you. So, Derrick Henry, let me, hold on, let me get it. So, Derrick Henry, through eight weeks, had about 1,000 yards. He had about 1,000 yards. He had 900, 937 yards. Derrick Henry, in five weeks, has 408. He also has five touchdowns. You may say to me, 24. He's on pat. He's on track to having over a thousand yards again, and also having essentially what he had almost last year. Right? He has four hundred yards in five weeks. He has five touchdowns last week. Last year, at eight weeks, he had nine hundred thirty-seven yards on ten touchdowns. You're like, I don't see the problem. He has 104 attempts. He has 104 attempts. The relevance of this is that on 300 attempts in 2019, he had 1,500 yards. He was averaging 5.1 yards per carry. He has a third of those carries. He has 400 yards. He's going to miss about 300 yards from a pretty great phenomenal year. It was the 16 touchdown year in 2019 when they went to the playoffs and they beat Tom Brady and I think Lamar that year. The next year in 2020, he had an even better efficiency when it came to his yards per carry. In 2020, and where he was the 2K, where he got 2K. He had 2,000 yards, 378 carries, 17 touchdowns. This is, you know, King Henry, Derrick Henry. This is, oh my God, I'm bigger and stronger and faster than everybody else. I'm a beast. I'm Derrick Henry, bitch. 378 carries. We'll just round up and say 400, 400 carries. Like Derrick Henry is on pace for one of the heaviest years of his career, going somewhere close. We're a little bit over a fourth of the way through the regular season. He has 104 carries. At week eight last year, he was done. Done. And by done, I mean he had an injury that caused him to be done for the rest of the season. He came back and played in the playoffs, and he was terrible. Speaking of terrible, what the fuck is going on with the Dodgers? They go from absolutely stopping the yard against the Padres to now giving up three runs in the top of the fifth inning. What is Urias doing? What is he doing? Oh, my God. But yes, Derrick Henry 
is not the same player that he once was two, three years ago, and it's not even close. I don't. I will not have that conversation. It's ridiculous how people are like, King Henry, crown him. Crown me, bitch. King Henry, let me sit down. It's annoying. It's so annoying. It's just like Derrick Henry isn't anywhere near the level of player that he was two, three years ago. It's clear as day. He's way more injury prone, and he doesn't even have the efficiency that he once had. They're just like, fuck it. Tennessee is like, fuck it. We're just going to run it 20 plus times against the commanders for 102 yards. He had 3.6 yards per carry. What? And people are like, crown him. Crown him. No, crown me, bitch. Crown me. But yes, Derrick Henry is overrated. So is Jonathan Taylor as well. Is Jonathan, uh, like, Derrick Henry is overrated in the sense of, like, people think he's, like, one of the best football players in the NFL. He obviously isn't. Like, Jonathan Taylor's hurt. Well, not hurt, but he's just, like, Colts offensive line isn't blocking well for him, and he isn't playing well. Jonathan Taylor is, like, a shell of himself. It's so weird to watch. Because it's like last year, these were two of the most important players in the NFL. Now it's just like, eh, they're all right. It's like, eh, they're all right. It's funny how things change. But the Titans, they did beat the Commanders on Sunday. Seahawks at Saints. Saints, they beat the Seahawks. It was a coin flip, and I was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all day long, all day, all day, all day, all day, all day. Oh, my God. I was like, Seahawks are going to win. And then I was like, I'm picking the Saints at the last minute because I was like, the Saints are not the Saints, but I was like, Geno Smith is going to have one of those games where he plays well and then he doesn't play well or they don't win for whatever reason. And that's exactly what happened. The Saints beat the Seahawks. I think it was over with, it was over with by like the fourth quarter or something like that. It was actually like, because I watched a lot of that game. Uh, Chris Olave, like, I think, like, he had a touchdown reception. Chris Olave, by the way, shout out to me. It's right about Chris Olave. Remember how I was like, Chris Olave is the best wide receiver in, in this year's draft class? People were like, no, it's Garrett Wilson. I was just like, it's Chris Olave. Technically, it was Jameson Williams who was the best, but yeah, like the fact that everybody was like, Chris Olave is like a bottom of the first round draft pick. I was like, you people are fucking insane. But yes, Chris Olave, super awesome. 49ers versus Panthers, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't care how many injuries the 49ers have. With their injury-prone team, they are still better than the Carolina Panthers. Because Carolina sucks. 49ers won it. I had them winning it. <clears throat> Eagles at Cardinals. I had the Eagles winning it. They did. Kyler, let me talk about the whole snap thing, right? So, if you didn't see the Eagles versus the Cardinals... Controversy at the end of the game. Kyler is driving up the football field to try and score the football football game. All he needs is three points from his kicker. He does not get the first down. He slides short of it. There's some confusion on on the um what is it? On the radios, and he's told to spike the ball. He does. But there's like 20-something seconds left. Look, I don't care how much time that there was left. I don't care the mistake that Kyler made. I don't. Do you want to know why? Because it was a 43-yard field goal in an indoor stadium. It's a 43-yard field goal. Your kicker can't hit a 43-yarder? Are you kidding me? 
That's why you pay him a shit ton of money. That's why you pay your kicker to hit a 43-yard field goal. He can't hit a 43-yard field goal? He can't hit a 43-yarder? Like, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, you know, he, he like, it's, it's Kyler's fault. It's Kyler. Because everybody fucking hates Kyler Murray. I'm like, it's not Kyler's fault. His kicker sucks. His kicker didn't hit a 43-yard field goal. How is that his fault? How is that his fault? Blows my mind. Blows my mind. People are like, it's Kyler. Kyler slid too early and didn't get the first. I'm like, look, if you're missing a 43-yard field goal and you shank it right, I don't care how close you were. You would have shanked it right. What a fucking joke. Blame Kyler. Wipe my ass. That was weird. Oh, my God. I was like, I wipe my ass with that crap. That, that even sounds weirder. Oh, my gosh. I'm tired. I'm delusional. Cowboys at Rams. We've talked a little bit about that game um, during the weekend, but not during the week, I guess. I think it's uh, it's the tipping point of the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender. We'll see and we'll talk about it when Dak Prescott comes back. Hopefully he can actually like boost up the offense, make it a little bit more explosive, make it make the passing game a lot more consistent. If that can happen, then look out because here come the fucking Cowboys. Probably a better football team than the Eagles. Want to know why? They have a better defense. They have a better defensive line. They have a better defensive player. Speaking of the better defensive player, I think Mike is probably the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, why do I think that's the case? Well, because he had essentially the same stat line as Aaron Donald with like a torn groin. That's why. So I think it's over with. I think he's the best defensive player in the NFL. And I think the Cowboys are going to ride his coattails and the offense as well going into the playoffs. And that'll probably be it. Also, can we get some fucking honing calls for Michael Parsons? It's like week five. I've seen way too many offensive lines just get away with obvious holding that the Cowboys would never get away with. Which, by the way, officiating was so skewed towards the Cowboys. I have... Never sweated that much because I'm like, we are getting away with highway robbery with how horrible the officiating was. There was like one bad call that was going, um, that went the way of the Rams. But to be fair, the Rams got away with a shit ton of holding against Micah Parsons. Again, like every other team, like the, uh, the commanders got away with it. The Giants got away with it. Like teams are just starting to hold the fuck out of Micah Parsons. People aren't fucking calling it. But I have the Cowboys winning. Cowboys won. Rams are in trouble. They should probably go out and get... I mean, they can't go out and get DJ Moore. If I'm the Rams, I'm calling up Odell Beckham. I'm not playing this game. I said it on Sunday. I'm not playing this game. You don't have any deep threats. You need an offensive lineman. You probably need to offer Andrew Whitworth some money or whatever to get him to come out of retirement or whatever. They need help. They don't have it. Send help. Rams need help. Bengals at Ravens. Not much to really say on this game besides Lamar did Lamar Jackson things. I worry about the Bengals offensively because they tried to get the ball to Lamar Chase, but it wasn't in unpredictable ways. It was in very predictable ways. And that won't fly. And they still don't know how to attack downfield with him. And it's just like, oh God, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor just... Zach Taylor annoys the fuck out of me with how many good players he has and how he just 
doesn't know how to use them. Jamar Chase's numbers have like fallen off a cliff, I think, right? Has he had 100 yards? It's 343. So he is performing better than what I thought, but it's just like, it is in no way, shape, or form at the level that I thought it was going to be originally during this season. And the Bengals are just, they're obviously in so much trouble. They just don't have a number one guy or not a number. It's, it's not that they don't, it's that they do and they don't know how to get it to him. Let's see. Raiders at Chiefs. I had the Chiefs winning it. They did. The Raiders put up a good effort. They performed very, very well despite their loss. But again, that's just, that's lip service. They participated in the game. They didn't win a game. But the Raiders at Chiefs. It was such, I think, I feel like the Raiders really did give the Chiefs their best effort. And it still wasn't good enough. And Patrick Mahomes still beat the crap out of them. Especially in the second half. I was a bit surprised how kind of like one-sided that game was at the end. I was just like, huh. Well, that just happened. But we'll see what happens with the Raiders and the Chiefs long-term. But I don't think that the Raiders... I mean that was that was easily their best game. They like they had a, a bunch of action with Devontae Adams and they were able to get the ball to him and he was able to stretch the field and a lot of good stuff happened. They almost won it without Darren Waller, to be honest with you, the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are a contender, but I think that the Raiders played a very, very good game. Obviously the horrendous Chris Jones call that I think led to like a touchdown was terrible, but I still think the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL. I think that this game against the Bills this weekend, ironically enough, it's not on Sunday Night Football because the Eagles and the Cowboys is, but this game against the the Bills this weekend, Chiefs versus Bills, I have no idea how the Bills lose this game. It's like my first, like, I don't know how they lose it. It's like they have all of the better, they have like the better, more explosive wide receiving core. I think they have a great pass rusher in Vaughn against Orlando Brown, who right now is definitively overrated. I, j- I don't, I don't know how they lose it. I don't know. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know how they lose this game. If they play in the playoffs, I don't know. Like the chiefs have no explosion. That is like one weakness. There is like no explosion coming out of Kansas city whatsoever. And it's so obvious that they just don't have it and that they need a little bit of explosion. I'm a bit shocked that they were just like, I, it's like Sky Moore is just not performing the way that they want him to. And they just, they're just like, yeah, we're just going to have some crossers with Juju and Miko Hardman and Valdez Scantling and Travis Kelsey, man, was their deep threat on a lot of those plays. So that should tell you like just how kind of just like lackluster some of their deep threats are because they don't have any and they're using their tight end as one. Anyways, I'm piecing out. It's super late. I'm not going to watch the end of this Dodgers game because again, it's super late and I'm tired and I have to go work out in the morning, but I'll see you tomorrow. Ugh.
for predictions for Washington versus the Bears. Until tomorrow, hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.